1: And the podcast for a Samuel cast today. Today's guest is Charles Stanton, the chief marketing officer at Forge, a company at the bleeding edge of NFT technology, championing the transition of audiences into the Web3 space. Starting from a strong marketing background in the UK, Charles led digital campaigns for some of the biggest brands, including KPMG, the National Lottery. B-U-P-A, and British Gas. His innovative efforts in the realm of social media marketing have been recognized with multiple awards, highlighting his ability to connect audiences with brands in new and powerful ways. But his career took a fascinating turn when he dove headfirst into the world of Web3 and the metaverse. Now at Forge, Charles applies his marketing acumen to forge new pathways for creators and fans in the world of digital collectibles, gaming, music, and entertainment. He believes in co-creation and the power of brands as gateways into the metaverse, and most importantly and the democratization of creativity. Whether it's partnering with Polygon, Crust, or Anchor, or working on interactive experiences like the and Around Project with the Board Ape IP, Charles and his team are shaping the future of how we interact with brands, art, and each other in the metaverse. Today, we'll dive deep into Charles' journey, his role at Forge, the concepts of the metaverse, and the future of Web3. Prepare to have those horizons expanded and for your understanding of the digital realm deepened. So without further ado, let's give a warm immutable mindset welcome to the man who's truly forging a path into the metaverse mr charles Chaz stanton
2: wow 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 guys i i have i've never in all my in all my life had such a great intro thank you so much i'm I, I'm honestly never going to live up to those expectations. But, we'll uh, but yeah, thank you for having me. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm so, uh, so jacked to being here. It's fantastic. Thanks,
3: thanks for coming on board, man. We know it's late on a Friday afternoon over in the UK. And we're probably the last thing you want to be doing today. But. Thank you. So let, let's
1: <laughs> let's get to it. You're you're in good hands here with Kevin and Adam. Agreed, agreed, and absolutely always, always love to edify those that are are truly building and are, are truly adopting. Not you know the next billion, but, but truly on the adoption path for what we're doing here. So really appreciate it. And it's awesome to have you here, Chaz. I'm gonna go with Chaz. I like Chaz. So yeah, oh, you, awesome. let's uh, you know let's. Like like most podcasts, of course, start. We have our audience that that wants to know a little more, a little bit more about you. So, can we start with just you know sharing a bit about your background and your career journey leading up to Forge, what was formerly Bondly?
2: Yes, yes, of course. So, so yeah, I've got I've got a background, obviously based in the UK. In case my accent didn't give that away, and uh, I've got a, a background across many doing marketing for a lot of big brands in the UK. Um, so, sort of predominantly, my my career has been centered around social media. So you know, from back in the day when Twitter was just a, an annoyance for brands, they didn't understand it, didn't want to get into it, and uh, ended up uh, heading up social media for British Gas, which is part of um, I, I think in America there's Direct Energy. Right, if you've you heard it. of that one, so I was I was on the uh, Centrica graduate scheme, and then moved into Bupo, big healthcare company doing head of, head of social for their global operation. Got really fascinated by sort of digital tech and everything else. Moved into the National Lottery, so sort of huge opportunity to. to do these pretty broad sort of digital marketing campaigns using social media. And back then, you know, we worked directly with Facebook on launching a a Facebook live show. So it's something that hadn't ever been done before. It was like just exploring kind of new ways to interact and build communities. So this is all kind of moving into, you know, sort of where I ended up. So obviously we moved to KPMG, head of social media there, you know, uh, another sort of fascinating, just incredible company to work for. But by then I'd caught the the Web3 bug and actually, you know, it, it didn't take very long to kind of, just dive headfirst in, and I, I actually, uh, much to my wife's annoyance, I, I I quit my job at KPMG within uh, within a oh. few months because I just I just absolutely loved uh, the world of NFTs, and and uh, I was actually a, a follower of Bondly at the time. I was in their community, just really loved what the guys were doing, and you know I basically got headhunted and jumped straight in. I haven't looked back.
3: Basically, Chaz, I I got I got to ask you this: the three of us are married men right here. We've all had yes. incredibly interesting conversations with our going? wives when it comes to NFT. For example, when I went to go buy the Captain's Club NFT, if you're familiar, oh. if you're aware, that's Miami. Where uh, is this I'm like, hey, babe, I want to spend $18,000 on a strip club NFT. Oh. That was an interesting conversation. So let me ask you this question, Chaz. When you said KPMG, big four, right? Hey, babe, I'm thinking about leaving because I'm kind of into this NFT Web uh, stuff so, How did that conversation go? Please, let's, let's, let's talk about that for a moment.
2: It gets better, Adam. I, I was uh, about, uh, about, about three months away from having our second baby. Oh, oh
3: on so top was, of that, yeah. Let's, let's layer that <laughs> on. Yeah. perfect timing.
2: Yeah, perfect time. Exactly. it was. You know what? I have to. I have to be honest. I, I'm, I'm very lucky. She. She. I don't think she knows enough about Web three to realize how stupid a decision <laughs> it was. Same. Same. Same.
3: Same. <laughs> same. So just, in, just enough to know. Just how much? That's the question. How much? Right. <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. So it's. Uh, you know, It was. Uh, I was. I was lucky in that. You know the. Uh, the opportunities, you know, were were great, and I, I think, you know, I quickly proved that it was the right decision to make. It had helped that I made a bit of money. I invested a little bit early in Cardano, and anybody who knows the growth of Cardano between oh, about yeah. twenty twenty, you know, so onwards, yeah. So it, it kind of meant, you no know, bit I was of a kind of like, yeah, exactly. I was or in trampoline, I was
3: depending hoping. how you look at your circus paraphernalia. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, more of a trapeze, but uh, no, it was. Uh, I don't know. It was tyros? Tyros? yes, definitely a Chess, Was there something
3: a, a sword swallower? I mean, <laughs>
1: anyway, obviously, you know, even you know, you're talking about Cardano. You're talking about like the ICO times when, right, when when things were going crazy. Was there, you know, beyond the speculation and the hype of it all, was there, was there anything that really like caught, like you know, you were talking about, you know, you dove into this realm. What what was it that caught your eye first? What was it that captivated you? That that made you see that there was something different with Web3? Was there any project in particular, any token? Was it Cardano in particular? Or yeah, what was it?
2: I know, and actually, um, I'm more than just speculating, I, I have to say, I really bought into Charles Hoskinson and, and the, the mission of Cardano. And I was really fortunate, actually, that uh, Bonney, people probably forget this because it's been such a long project, but we actually uh, later on partnered with Cardano. Was oh, a huge yeah. opportunity to, to interact with my hero and actually speak to uh, to the Cardano team. Uh, we, we're building the official NFT bridge between Cardano and Ethereum. So that's still, uh, still ongoing. It's very much still a project that's, that's kind of been built. But I love the mission, the idea of, of democratization, decentralization of finance, right? So and um, Cardano's angle, if you will, is very much kind of trying to expand that into kind of, well, I say developing countries. I'm very careful about saying third world, but yeah, developing nations and, and giving people access to financial products that otherwise wouldn't have access to it. And, you know, that really... Yeah, kind of resonated with me
3: and and yeah i just want to jump in here because i'm 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 teeing this up for kevin kevin quickly chat for a quick second about our experience your experience consensus when we when when it's kind of like all these things coming together about this decentralized global finance the chat
1: you were having with that gentleman about developing nations oh yeah i mean you know well we know right that's i think we, we always talk about the killer app of of web3 and and the killer app of blockchain that's the killer app of blockchain right The reality, at least for like just, you know, taking this very deeply. So I'm half Dominican. I have a lot of family in Dominican Republic we've spent an insurmountable amount of money to just to give them money. It, it takes an insurmountable amount of money and fees. And right, we know this. And you know, for a lot of these third world countries, a lot of that money goes into fees using Western Union and all these other ones. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's a time lag. There's a five day things. time lag and you don't know if the money's gonna be there and it's not instantaneous. And it's just, it's such a horrible experience for a human being that roams this earth. So to your point
2: it's a tax That's, on the family i, I don't understand it's, it's honestly it's a crime it really is so um i have to say it's 2023 guys you know what's going on you know, western union is sort of out man honestly let's get
3: this let's get this shit together so i want i want to i want to bring it back to the heart of the conversation here but i think it's important to talk about the rebranding process from Bondly to forge What prompted that that action
2: yeah well i mean so Bondly started out as Bondly finance yep. uh, oh, and you yeah, know yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the name Enough Bondi, <laughs> you know, financial connotations. I mean, Bondi was, if you guys remember back at that time, Bondi was the, the kind of foundational oh, NFT yeah. project. I mean, we were the first, uh, we were the first project to do yep. utility mm. in NFTs to a big scale. And um, the first NFT launchpad, the first celebrity partnership. And we also, you know, still very much, uh, you know, working with Lewis Capaldi as well as the sort of first major music artist. To do an NFT, and uh, you know, really, Ford was was kind of the the next evolution really in our journey. We, we have, as you know, Animoca Brands became a majority owner, so we're now officially a subsidiary of Animoca Brands, which has been just, I have to say, an incredible. I love yeah. I, um, I love YAT. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got yeah on next oh, week awesome. uh, on our on our live stream show to talk about the open elevator, which of course we'll talk about in a bit in a bit, I'm sure. But yeah, you know, part being part of Anamoka Brand, we realized that Bondly Finance was it was too restrictive, right? We wanted a brand that resonated with, I say, Web2 audiences, but, but really kind of resonated with, with the more lifestyle side of NFT technology. And of course, we we're moving more into the metaverse, you know, and and looking at, uh, you know, kind of more community-led activations, you know, Bondly Finance, just, it felt too kind of, Decks, you know, kind of, uh, you know, It was really kind of where we were going, really. I think so. It was a great opportunity to kind of, you know, take it to another level, and and with Adamoka behind us as well, you know, far more focused around the exciting kind of, you know, kind of more community based side of of Web three, which is like I say, uh, metaverse yeah. NFTs, experiences, yeah, all that, all that lovely fluffy stuff.
1: Yeah, it feels like it feels like that's like your your guys' transition feels like almost everybody's transition, like it goes from. Like blockchain is just right. a ledger and then Ethereum, you're like, oh wait, it's a computer too and you can do all these things. So, right, we start with finance, we started this ledger and then we're like, oh wait, whoa, 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 whoa. We can do what with blockchain? And then all of a sudden you can write yes. entertainment and media and I've heard you talk about that recently. I heard you talk that, you know, what, what you saw was that media was the landscape where Web3 would be this amazing, this amazing app, this amazing use case for people. Could you just, just not, not to take it, but just could you speak on
2: that piece? So for me and this is this is one of the things that really sort of attracted me to to web3 is is the the next level ability for brands to engage right and you think about i mean when people often you guys will find this as well you get those who kind of say look, i don't understand why nft is any different to you know having what i currently have which is an email address i can i can log right. into or whatever and as i keep saying to people right that ability to to truly be identified in a way that you want to be obviously by by owning an asset right so i I own a, a cool cat, right? So that's one of my uh, my PFPs. I own a cool cat. I am identifying as a member of the cool cat community. I want to be identified in that way. I can use my NFT for a number of different things. I can access a number of different communities who are open to incorporating cool cat holders. I'm using cool cat because I mean, the, the obvious one is bald apes. And, and obviously, we are cool doing cats those are cool cats oh, are pretty cool. They're OG cool cats are hey, cool cats are- hey, cool cats, are- cool am- cats is around Ape. before
3: any of the apes. Cool cats, and you can fact check me on this. So I'm pretty sure cool cats are around before the punks and the apes.
2: A cool characters have been around a long time yeah absolutely 100 and also an animoca brands uh brands now so uh another another reason to love them so much so um so yeah no so the, the point is you know that that level uh, that of, of interaction between brands and, and fans you know that's what that's what ford is all about is that it's that kind of that kind of lovely we call it this connective tissue between between brands and fans that, that previously hasn't been explored at this level and the idea of fans becoming part of that creative process right so Actually, co-creating with brands and the opportunities there are just are just immense, right? So, so I, I talk about democratization of brand because you know more than just what Board Apes have done. So I know again they've they've been the, the yeah. poster child, I suppose, for centralized IP. Mm-hmm. But if you think about how you know ordinary brands like you know will be thinking about themselves in the future, you know they need to start opening up yep. to communities. They need to start being open to co-creation, use of their brand assets and their brand IP. In the way that Nike's doing, I suppose. with, um,
3: with Oh, Swoosh. yes. Let's pause there for a second. I'm a marketer much longer than I've been a recruiter or a podcaster. So marketing's always at my heart. And I truly believe in this two point Web 2.5 world. So many folks and brands were so quick to go to the Web 3 and they didn't stop at Web 2.5. So I want to pause yeah. for a second and you hit something. You said something that, that clicked the trigger in my head. And we're talking about brand affinity and, and brand loyalty. Compared to what you've seen on the Web2 side in, in, the, in the history of, of your time in the workforce in marketing and social media compared to now, why is there so much greater affinity in this Web3 space?
2: Oh, yeah. You know, really great point, Adam. I actually joked with my team the other day, uh, bearing in mind in Web3, the focus is when you think about marketing spend and, and where you kind of you know, put your resource, it's in kind of community activation and, and often uh, you know, partnerships and the kind of things that, that your audience are, are going to be really aligned to. Yeah, you know, so we didn't spend a huge amount. And I used to work, like I say, in the national lottery. Our budgets were obscene. And I spent, you know, millions of dollars. Sometimes I mean, it's still
3: gambling, work. right? We're yeah. still talking to gamblers. There's a lot of gamblers in the NFT space, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: So, so no. So the kind of budgets we had access to at the time were just, was just amazing. So my point was, I've seen greater engagement, greater reach, greater action off the back of of messaging from from organic piece of content that we've done. Than, you know, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in uh, marketing in the traditional. Sense.
3: Or even engaging in the, in the discourse. when I mean, it's really a one-on-one conversation with your most loyal fans because they're owners of the IP. I think that's the difference. They own is, the brand. The,
2: exactly, that. exactly that. And, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a sense of um, we're in it together, right? So as a brand, you think about traditional brand and audience relationship. It's I am marketing to you. It doesn't matter what you think is happening right here. I am trying to sell something to you right. not I'm trying to create value for all of us together right that you can share in like if you own a token if you own a, an nft asset that allows you to have like for example governance rights or even potentially shared share other shared benefits that you know so everyone wins ultimately from from the uh, the growth of that of that brand of that product or that ecosystem that's really where the speed spot is it's, it's people you think about you know the next the next generation i hate to sound like we're, we're that old but but the, you know the next generation or yeah, gen z fine. and and uh, you know that that sort of age you know they aren't thinking in in terms of a normal, normal consumer they they want to feel part yeah. of something they're not going to settle for just being a consumer they want to be a prosumer right they want to be Actively involved in the a, this assumption of that. Interesting
1: dynamic that. that's funny that you're kind of talking about. It's reminding me. In the web two world, I used to go to like CES and I'd go to these, these conferences, right? And I'd I'd see all these other people that that also use Apple, right? But at no point would I ever walk in and we'd be like, Oh, you use Apple, I use Apple. Let's be best friends. Oh my God. Right. right? Let's go to a party. Let's see. But let me tell you, but 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 let me tell you, I go to web three or I'll go to blockchains, right? And then I'll be like, You use Solana? Are you Solana? No, let's seriously be best friends. And then we'll sit there for two hours and we'll talk about everything Solana. And it'll, it'll you know, it'll go to our family. And like, it just, it spans so much, but it goes back to that ownership piece, right? And us as yes. people, right? We know when things are free, when things are easy, we don't, we don't capture it as well. We don't, we don't feel you the value, the right? The we don't, right? Exactly. But when you're an owner, I mean, shit, think about fantasy football it could be soccer or football right yeah no, no skin in the game works both ways. but all of a sudden you're an owner now you're watching games you would never yeah. watch you're watching people you would never watch right all these things are happening so I, I just find it so interesting how we just change the ownership dynamic and our how our behaviors change in such a more communitized way i, I just i find it amazing and and uh yeah, I, I didn't really have a point with that i was just Preach. yeah preaching
2: <laughs> I mean, you know like kevin it's funny um you mentioned uh football so i actually uh, i follow american football i've got a, a fancy football group the funny thing is right i don't you know I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it you, do know, you still know, call it football uh well so so you know married with kids and everything don't get a chance to follow as much as i'd oh. like to i'm seeing a couple yeah. of the london games but you know I, i'm sitting here because I, I do fantasy football suddenly it gives me that that kind of sense of uh of, but like i say right I'm, I'm engaged. I'm interested. Suddenly, I'm getting a note I'm like, "Oh my god, Dalvin Cook's leaving the Vikings." You know, I'm like, you know, <laughs> this, this
3: stuff. The, you know? The, there's been there's been studies that it's show true. how much affinity fantasy sports has done for professional yep. sports. I mean, it's oh yeah, it's,
1: it's a cla- it's a classic case study. So let's Kevin, let's take this into the exactly. metaverse. That's hundred percent. Well, so yeah, how do we how do brands bridge what we're talking about into the metaverse? Because that's what right. That's that's where we can be communitized. That's where we can show up however we want to show up. That's how... Communitize. <laughs> right. So, Communitize. so how is Ford's going to help bridge that gap between these metaverse platforms, between these brands? How are you guys working with them to do exactly what we're talking about and really you know, help people understand what ownership means and understand how Web3 is going to be included into the metaverse? And yeah, just curious.
2: So the metaverse, let's, t- let's take it back a second. All the we talked about, the metaverse is that, is really where it all happens, right? And we talk about democratization of IP. We talk about these Web3 experiences. We talk about that sense of, of ownership and, and co-creation community. It all comes together in the metaverse. But when you, when you think about, you know, what do we mean by the metaverse, right? So I know I'm not going to get into all that. I mean, we can go down that route.
3: Well, I mean, well, I mean, I think it's, it is important. Actually, yeah. How would you succinctly Please, yeah. explain the metaverse? Yeah, what's your definition?
2: Yeah, so, so for me, I mean, obviously the Web3 metaverse is a space that is essentially can be altered, right? To the well, let's say the benefit, but to, to in the sense that everybody who's immersed in that is is able to see and experience what you're experiencing. So if I, if I go in there and chop a tree down, that tree remains chopped for everybody else. It's it's a it's a changeable, malleable world, right? A virtual world it doesn't have to be VR, right? It, it, that's not what it's all about. It's a space that is essentially a, a, a digital version of the real world, uh, and I say it has to look like the real world. I mean, the sense that you own things, you can interact, there's yep. commerce, there's the ability to, uh, as I say, to, to alter that landscape and to see that landscape altered permanently. There's permanence, right? So that, that's where land ownership is so important, because you actually own a piece of land and it is, it is your property, and property rights can be replicated in, in the same way as in real life.
0: Hey, everybody. First, I'd like to thank you all for spending time with me and my guest on the podcast. This show is my canvas to showcase amazing people from the world of recruiting, entrepreneurship, and leadership, and unpack their career journeys for everyone to learn from. But this show is also a business generator for me, as well as creating thought leadership and endless amazing content. And I've taken what I've learned in the past three years and over 200 recorded and 100 live shows and distilled it down into a digital playbook that I call the Pause Course. Now, you could learn how I build, manage, and produce the podcast and use it to drive real business development and relationships. Today, I'm sharing all of my secrets behind the podcast, and you can get it all at theposcourse.com. This course is for anyone, whether you're starting out or an advanced podcaster, using it for B2B, B2C. It's filled with all of my insights, learnings, tips, tricks, and templates. So get it now at theposcourse.com and learn all my secrets. Thanks.
2: So going back to where the metaverse is going, I see the metaverse as being like the internet is now. You will have it's not going to be a case of like there will be one big metaverse of all them all. There will be different essentially metaverse experiences that you jump into, just as you jump into a different yep. website. You input a URL or an address of some kind, you jump into that metaverse experience, and there'll be maybe some shared syntax of the kind of avatar you use or whatever it might be. But ultimately, you're, you're jumping into different experiences and those experiences could be immersive, could be, you know, personalized, whatever I'm curious what,
1: what, what does that look like in today's time, right? Just, you know, right now, what does that look like between Forge and Brands and, and the conversations you guys are having for the audience? What is it? Yeah, that's curious.
2: Yeah, so great, great question. So the the reality is, you know, what Metaverse aims to be and aspires to be is still years away, right? We can all agree on that. I think the reality is that, that, you know, for Metaverse to be as I've described it, you know, it's like, you know, landscape is always altering the amount of processing power required for that to happen in any degree. Oh, yeah, just look at it video right now.
3: We're still in Roblox. We're still in Roblox animation mode.
2: Right, so it's, it's like, yeah, exactly. It's like the sandbox, for example, obviously, you know, the most popular metaverse platform. You know, there's a reason why graphically they, they go with that that kind of Roblox style. It's It needs to be in that wave in order for it to be processed. Like, we need, I mean, literally, some computers required for this, they almost don't exist, like, to, to get to that level of, of so, kind of um, graphics.
3: So, I mean, what's the deal with this land grab going on in the metaverse right now? Like, why does everybody want, why does Hershey's buying, spending millions of dollars to have a plot next to Snoop Dogg, right? Like, uh, yeah. like is it just a land grab right now or like or is there something we don't know about going down kind of like how i think the fortune 500s were waiting for all these projects to a b test and fail before they launch out into the metaverse and into web 3
2: i mean i can tell you right now i mean i i, um, I sit in the office with the sandbox guys um oh, in loads so you know and, um, yeah they are yeah yeah. But, uh, yeah so i know i know um and <laughs> I know, no, but to be honest with you, they are the, the, the brands out there are that they recognize that this is the place to and going back to your original question there, Kevin, as well, this is the space to bring your brand to okay. life. Okay. So again, as a marketer, imagine a situation where you know you have you've developed a brand, you've developed your brand values, and you want to communicate those brand values in the real world, it's very hard to do in a way that you have complete control over in the metaverse. Imagine a situation where if you're Coca-Cola, you talk about Coca-Cola being all about joy. Well, why not actually make it about joy? Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you know, in the metaverse, you can have this amazing world where you're floating around, there's bubbles, there's party poppers, there's whatever you want to do to convey the sense of joy. That ability to bring your brand to life in whole new ways that's really reflective of your values. I think that's really exciting for brands. And that's where they're kind of jumping in with both feet, you know, because you might get that
1: just a side question, <laughs> if I can just step in here real fast. So I'm, I, know, I, know, I know you mentioned like, you know, it's not necessarily AR, VR, but I'm actually really curious of your thoughts of how has Apple Vision Pro changed, you know? Good question. Has that inspired, do you think, <laughs> is that the, you know, is that the iPod iPhone moment for Web3? Is that what's going to start to make this all make more sense for people as they're going to be able to immerse themselves in it and make it make sense?
2: Yeah, and you know, it's actually a really good point, Kevin. Because um, I've been asked before, you know, where do you see the first, the first sort of real mass adoption for metaverse? And I said, um, for me, AR, not VR. Yep. That ability, you know, imagine you're walking down the street. You talked about your example there, Kevin, of hey, you, you know, you're in Solana, I'm in Solana, but what if there's you can walk down the street and, and I'm a cool cat, you know? Ooh, I'm literally, I'm just different. you know, like, spatial computing, spatial computing,
1: spatial computing. <laughs> think about
2: that. <laughs> yeah, no, why not? So I can I could just change my avatar. Just like that, and anybody else is going. Some AR goggles, whatever it is, they can see me as as I want to be seen, as as I want to be perceived. So um, I did a Ready Player Me. I like it. yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But in the real world, so you can actually see the avatar in the real world in sense if they were there. Give me some cool but imagine heads up. a situation where you're following you like you've got like, have <laughs> got a Pokemon, but it's like well, it, it depends. You know? It
3: depends <laughs> if you have a dick butt following you or not. Like, do you really want to have a dick, like you know or a goblin talent right? Like, that's right. some of them are yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> fact. excuse me, excuse me, sir. You have a you have a you have a dick butt coming out of your butt. And you're like what? What the? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we digress here on the po- this is the podcast podcast is my show. So, we digress on the podcast and let's elevate it back up with the immutable mindset, folks.
1: <laughs> we are me 5 Oh man, meme-ified. it's, fr- it's, Friday. it's yeah, Friday. It's Friday, guys. It's okay, it's, it's Friday. Friday. It's, Friday. it's Friday. We're having fun. That's all okay. about keeping it lively here. So, in terms of the unique opportunities and challenges that the metaverse is going to present for these brands and these marketers, what's that? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, yeah. So, you mentioned before about you know what are brand's asking for, what they say. We had some. We've had some really, really like you know some of these brands. Honestly, some of the biggest brands that you, you would never think would want to get into the metaverse, they're looking at it right. And and the reality is the challenge is how do I create something? Bearing in mind all the roadblocks you have in in brands. You think about the red tape. I don't know if either of you worked in big companies. Amazon. But my word. Getting getting. To situation. Right. A- A- Amex. Perfect example. Like. You know, how long do you think it's going to take for Amex to start up oh getting gosh, into the yes. right? it's... <laughs> by, by the time they go it's... through
3: approvals and, and 30 different levels of uh, senior management have to look at it and review it and question it oh and go God. through it, right? That's why these, these smaller brands that move faster, agile, make mistakes, learn, adopt, pivot.
2: That's it. That's it. And that's what you have to do. You have to, I mean, you have to fail. Honestly, in the metaverse, you have to fail first. In fact, many times before you get to a point. I mean, look at, uh, look at what Gucci is doing. Not everything is going to land perfectly, but you know where are they now? Everyone's looking at Gucci and going, "Wow, why can't we be more like Gucci?" Gucci—they've had a number of third activations. They're getting wrong, but uh, you know, no one cares about them in the long run. And the key is like fans need to need to realize that actually, it's okay yep. to fail in Web three. The thing is, if you don't fail, frankly, I'm I'm, I'm suspicious of you. <laughs> it's you know, there's, you gotta there's break shit. Wrong.
1: You gotta break shit.
2: You gotta break it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's a solid point. Honestly, I literally never thought about that if you've never launched anything and you come out of left field, like you're scammy to me, especially in this space. Like you're not pushing okay, it. You're not, there, there's something off. And and like, if you don't have a, if you don't have a crypto Twitter account, like something like there, there are like certain ways in which you have to present yourself almost to where it's like, really? You've been here. Do you know? Like, so yeah, it's really, you need to fail and, and not be scared. Proof. Please go ahead, Adam. Proof of proof, right? Proof of proof.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Proof. I like that. Mm, good
1: good yeah. So, one thing that I was also curious about in terms of in terms of you know how Forge is is helping adoption come about and you know bringing that into the metaverse, curious about how Forge fosters that that co creation between fans and creators in the metaverse specifically.
2: Yeah, well, so Monkeying around is a great Perfect. example of that. Um, so. Yeah, thank you so, thank you for so doing our job with
1: the transition we appreciate it Chaz. just go with it
2: Probably. Yeah, but You're
3: gonna be the third host here we're just gonna do three shows at once and then we'll chop it up and everyone can get their content i love it it's efficient work smarter not harder there we go guys
2: oh my god yeah so um so no yeah monkey around perfect example so that was the first example of the use of yeah. board Apes in a metaverse experience right and that's something we worked with very closely with the sandbox on i don't know if you if you guys had a chance to to, to oh, yeah. see the game or, or even play it um, we, uh, yeah, it was incredible, like really sort of expansive land. We had the swamp, we had, you know, you actually had a whole venture. You had to go and uh, jump over crocodiles and collect, you know, kill y- kill uh, mooses, I think, to get some food. And it was all, yeah, there's loads of stuff going on. The yeah. point being, that, the, that, that experience was a great example of like, okay, look, we've got apes, as forge, right? Let's put them in a game. Let's show people what it's like to actually, you know, create your own game based on these characters. Like, you know, Yuga were not affiliated with this at all. It was very much just us and our apes. And the community, you know, they had the opportunity to be a, a big part of that, you know, sort of helping to co-create the game. Obviously, participating in the game, there was you know, the opportunity to win prizes or the rest of it. And they won assets as well. So you know, if you if you sort of participated, you got you know special helmets, all sorts of things. So it was a really sort of community-based experience, and that was that was that's how we wanted to develop it. There was no commercial purpose. You didn't pay anything for it. It was completely free. You know, it was just for us. It was just a chance to prove that the model works. Right. That was ultimately. It was just one big proof of concept. I'm just
1: curious, and maybe you didn't. This is a left field question. You know, because the, I think the big draw of this was that you got, you know, people got to use their IP, right? They got to use, you know, intellectual property in a game that's theirs. Did you get to hear from any any individual holders of board A, like any of the players? Did you get a sense of just like what the holders felt of being able to, again, co-create and be a part of this experience?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. We um, so we actually uh, had quite a few of the board apes themselves came and played, and we made a number of really really great contacts from that experience. And actually, that's funnily enough, that's what led us to. The position we're in now which is that we're obviously a, a sort of core part of the ape community uh the ape yep. coin uh sort of aip proposal recently got approved you no know, none of this would have happened if we hadn't sort of, kind of forged these relationships early on oh, relationships. Uh, with ape because, because of that game so that proved that we were you know committed yep. to decentralized ip and and the i suppose the the sentiment the mission behind decentralization of ip uh, which is something that a lot oh, of more yeah. Apes, like most of them frankly are uh, super, super passionate about, and rightly so. So that was that was our way of saying, us announcing that, look, we're part of this. We want to we want to progress this even further. And, and now the Ape Accelerator is like the, yeah, the, the final sort of uh, piece of the puzzle, I suppose.
3: That's awesome. Interesting. I want to bring the show over to the podcast side for, for a moment here, if you guys don't mind. And Chaz, our, our, the, my show, I, I get to the roots. I talk to incredible leaders like yourself. And I have a lot of people ask me, because we also have a Web3 and a Web2 recruiting practice. What would you recommend to folks who are on the Web2 side that want to break into Web3? What would be their their best first step to try to get into a company like Forge and work with you guys?
2: Well, the, what the first thing I say to people is, is actually, actually do Web3, right? Do I work. mean, I've spoken to a lot of people who are like, oh, hey, you know, I've you know, I He have said buzzwords mentee, don't work, ones, guys. Change. No buzzwords. Yeah, yeah they, just, they just do not. Like the thing is, you can, you can bluff it yeah. all you want. But the minute I sit you in front of a, a community of people in Discord and they're like, GM, and you're like, you're frantically Googling that. You're like, no, <laughs> you're like, you're not, you don't get it. You just don't get it. And, and you just, you need to be immersed in it. It's not like other things you can just learn on the job. If you aren't passionate about it, if you don't believe in what we're doing here, you're not going to get That's it. That's what you I love won't. about it. Even it's, even
3: it's, it's ethos and, bi- and the bi- and the foundation, because it's tech, it's technical in one sense. You need to know so many technical things because it's a completely different language. At least have a good, even if you're not a technical person, have a good understanding of even if a difference between an L1 and an L2 or understanding what the different chains are, even what a fork is, right? Like having an understanding of the crypto side, the NFT side, and then take it up to the... I mean, Kevin's wheels are spinning here because I'm the noob. He's a DJ. and I'm—he's seen my pro- progression into my knowledge base. And you have to talk the talk and have a good understanding of how it's fundamentally
1: different and things that. The reason the same, I right? love Web three so much, and what and what Chaz and Adam and you guys are talking about, honestly, is technology is agnostic of almost everything. Right? Age—you kind of just have to prove it. You kind of just have to do the hard work, and you have to learn, and you got to fail, and you got to fuck up, and you got to figure mm-hmm. out. And then through that process, fuck around and right, find out. I've I've I theme around the I last lost three months, $7, man. Seven thousand dollars using these decentralized applications going through DeFi oh, summer twenty twenty, right? Let's talk right? About- right? <laughs> just just I, I, I accidentally
3: that's why I explained my loss to my wife. I'm like, I was just fucking I was around. Fucking and finding around
1: out. But I accidentally yeah. sent ETH to the wrong to the wrong wallet, right? Like <laughs> but but but, but, oh, I will oh ne- no. but, but by doing that, I will never do it again because now I have a system in place. And, and so right. and to your point, yeah. right, when I first started doing this recruiting thing, that's exactly what happened. I get on a call. We'd have the first two minutes. And then by by minute seven, I'm like, oh, you're full of shit. Exactly. You're, yeah. you're fiercely Googling what you need to say next. And so I just I just find this interesting dichotomy where like this space is put the work in, do the work. And that's how that's how you get yourself ahead. So maybe to to our point of what we're asking and what we're talking about, you get you have to do the so, work. Go ahead, Adam. So, Chess,
3: let me ask you this question: when you're when you're interviewing somebody, what's one of those go-to questions that you ask to see how how deep their knowledge and their passion? Because it's a combination, right? It's aptitude and knowledge and passion and attitude, right? So, how do you put all that together, and what questions do you ask on an interview?
1: It's a good question.
2: Well, funny enough, actually, it's, it's it's exactly the one you asked me earlier, which is what projects got you into Web three and and why? You know, ultimately. Uh, it's that you know, because it, 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 you know, I want them to have the opportunity to speak passionately about something that interested them about the space. I don't care what it is necessarily. Whether it's uh, it could be Dogecoin, you know, it could be any uh, yeah. PFP project. you know, it could be Goblin Town. I, I don't care, you know, whatever. It could be it could be Pepe. Right. But the point is that you've obviously learned something and you understand it's not about the actual token yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not it's not about the That's project right. itself. It's about what be part of the community, right? Because you've obviously been part of the community guess it you understand you know why 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 mm. so important web because if you don't understand that i you know that's where you're gonna fail if you're if you're coming with a web two attitude which is hey i've got a product, <laughs> you've got money
3: nope no no no
2: like here's, here's here's my advertising campaign you're gonna you're not gonna make it right you, you need to, to, to understand you're you're one of them right and and they're one of you you have to stop treating people like like your like a product, your your buyers right. or your customers. they're your they're your 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 stakeholders they're your your, your make humans human
1: again let's
3: flip this around as we as we start to bring it into the the home stretch here chaz what do you feel is the biggest threat to web 3 adoption and and growth what's what's the biggest threat what's what keeps you up at night on this
2: oh yeah Uh, i mean or
3: the the u.s US (laughs) government. (laughs) oh shit man finance finance
2: i mean yeah that's i mean we're sorry sorry. we
1: apologize I, I know,
2: guys, honestly, the UK, have you heard what we're up to? Like, we're, we're actually we're taking oh, a right. shit. You, legal. You, honestly, you
1: guys are. We ch- we need to follow your lead. That's right. Just move over there.
2: Honestly, so it's, uh, it's crazy. But I think the single greatest threat is is us getting wrapped up in our own bullshit. I mean, us as the industry, right? I mean, for example, as much as I love NFTs, stop calling them NFTs. Okay, you know, as much as I, I I love cryptocurrencies, maybe let's stop referring to them as as you know an alternative yeah. to money. All right. Time. That's it's not that's not what it's about. Like we, you know, but if you think about this whole thing around, you know, why people reject, and this is a marketing thing, Adam. You get this. Like, why do people reject concepts? Well, it, it, it's a threat to their way of living, it's a threat to their their, their perceptions right. of the world. If you're basically turning down and going, hey guys, do you want to co-own your favorite projects? Do you want to, you want to, on, on to govern what these what these bastards are doing, right? You know, can you imagine a situation where you actually have control over products and services and experiences from the, your favorite brands, get involved in Web3, you know? It doesn't matter what chain, we're agnostic, we are, everyone's, we're all in it together. That's another thing as well, is stop, stop getting so obsessed with your favorite oh, chain. Okay? It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter in five years' time. It won't be you know, hmm. Slana Cardano, ETH, whatever. Like, it won't matter. It will all work harmoniously. And you won't even know what's happening behind. Can the I scenes. just
1: say to that point, and sorry, I, I again tangent again, my show. It's okay. I think and, and Adam Adam mentioned this earlier because Adam texted me earlier and he said, Fucking Binance. And honestly, you know, as somebody has been in this space a while, we've been waiting for this, right? I mean, within reason, we've we've kind of known, right? We we've known that the SEC was coming. We knew that Coinbase had its day, that Tether might have its day, that Binance. Right. SEC guy. Yeah. yeah. Uncle Gary. Hey, Uncle Gary. Uncle Gary. Gary, Could you calm down? No, but seriously, you know, I I think I think actually it's a good point. I think what Uncle Gary didn't realize is that what he did is he actually brought us together more than we could have ever, ever doing this on our own. Think how tribal we have been for the last year between nft enemy projects. And my enemy is my enemy it's crazy i mean <laughs> pepe holders hating on doge holders and doge holders hating on sheep holders and turbo and and it's ridiculous but all, but all of a sudden but all of a sudden gary gensler drops a couple lawsuits and all i see well not all i see but 80 percent of the people that were bitcoin is the devil eth is the greatest eth is the greatest the bitcoin devil. is the devil are now like you know what guys if we don't all come together now, this is all going to go somewhere else, and somebody else is going to is going to understand ownership, is going to have the ability to own their own assets, to to you know the peer to peer transaction. So I think they overplayed their card, and and yeah. So just wanted to mention that.
2: One hundred percent, Kevin. And, and the thing is, like, kind of going back to what I was saying about this tribalism. right? Sure. Like, when you think about it, like, why are you arguing about something like TPS oh my gosh, yes. or you know? The, like you know, or, or your, your, the ability to uh, I don't know to to um, you know go cross network on different chains or whatever. Why are you, like these are such small things in the grand scheme of things, right? And you're looking at an existential crisis from people who do not understand our world. And you're sitting there going, "I'll explain blockchain to you, but only from the point of view of Cardano, because hey, you could do liquid staking and it doesn't even do you who know why, cares. Chaz? Like this is focused. It's, it's yeah. no, no so no, no. No, we're
1: answer. all fantasy football <laughs> owners now,
2: right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go talk. I mean, <laughs>
3: did, I mean, I mean, like I'm going off on. A, I, I mean, I was trying to try an analogy with live in, in the PGA, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get to that point. But we're seeing things happen that we've never seen happen before, faster than ever. That's kind of where I was going. With that we're waking up and we're seeing shit happen. Everything from political, and I mean, Kevin could go off on on a diatribe about <laughs> politics, microeconomics with this, but we are getting
1: close well, to to the end so here. And I want I want to talk about. Four, well, sorry, no, no, to, to, to that go. point right there, and I think it ties in right. So exactly what we're tying into right. Do you think Web3 is, is you know, the precipice? Is it the reason that we're seeing all these changes? Is it, you know, is it the reason we're seeing a lot of this instability in certain places? Is it that because finance is changing because now, you know, I mean, that goes to, to Adam's point, right? That goes to macro, that goes to like the petrodollar. Saudi Arabia is now involved. Is there like a blockchain reason for a lot of these things, do you think?
2: I see it as the, the, the cure there you go. Uh, rather than necessarily instigator right so i think the reason it's becoming more and more popular is because you know things are changing fast and i think what we're seeing instead is the this explosion of access to information access to the internet the ability to question things mm-hmm. you think about like, this sense of like what is truth anymore right no one knows no one knows what truth is anymore i i, I don't i mean you read the news i'm sitting there going I honestly don't know. It doesn't matter what source you read it in. I do not know if this yeah. is
1: true. That's a solid oh, point.
2: Crazy is it in our lifetime that that is an actual problem?
1: It's so
3: problem. easy to fake you know? all this shit. It's so easy.
2: Exactly. Mm. You know, Trump's indictment, whatever. Like you know, personally, like you know, politics. It doesn't matter whether you like or hate yeah. Trump. Like it is just impossible to understand what is real and what is not. And if you're a Trump supporter or not, you know, you're sitting there going, you know, if he goes to jail, is that for the right reasons? The wrong yeah. reasons? I don't know. I. I the problem is, you know, without blockchain, how does this Agreed. get solved? Without the ability to say, with you know, there is an immutable source yep. of truth, right? That was that was essentially put that onto the blockchain. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. So, you know, it was it was validated as a legitimate source. That's At this rudiment. time, it's the root of it, exactly. So, so, you know, without that, how are we ever going to be able to just get out this mess, I love that. right? I love that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, Web3 is a is a cultural yes. movement, you know, as far as I'm concerned, but blockchain is a technological movement. Right. And that's where that's where I really think that we're going to see some major, major changes.
3: So speak, speaking of major changes, I love if you could drop us a little bit of alpha here. The show going to come out in a couple of weeks. What, do you, what are you guys working on? What could you share with us? Some exciting innovations, even if you can't share all the secrets, maybe just a little nod towards what's going on to to give our audience that that alpha that we're uh,
0: of
2: course, yearning of course, for. Yeah. You know what? We are we are very fortunate at Forge. We've got so much going on. Uh, it's just honestly it's incredible. what can we talk about? Okay. So I don't know if you guys have heard about the other side. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, good data. deal. We've got some stuff coming. We're we're working closely with those guys and uh, we've got we've got a cool new project coming out very, very soon. And that's gonna be that's gonna be super, super so keep your eyes open okay. for that. Obviously, we've got our um, ApeCoin accelerator, uh, which is a uh, incubator and launch pad for the eight coin DAO. So, obviously, anybody who has any eight coin, watch out. We've got some amazing things coming down the line on that as well. So,
1: I should hold my um, And They just hired my, one of my really good friends on the DAO. So, I co signed this.
2: Oh, wow. Excellent. Which, uh, which one? Uh, That's Red Guy. Ah, oh, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So, no, it's loads of stuff happening there. That is That, that project is, is so cool. We're, we're so honored to be part wow. of that. So, that brand's coming out. In fact, I'm working, I've been working today on, on the brand logo and design for that. So that's going to be really, really cool. That's coming out uh, later in, in Q3. So yeah, that's going to be massive. And apart from that, we also have uh, you know a, another big game coming out uh, Ooh, in partnership like with uh, Pixels. So Pixel's, uh, yeah, massive Web3 game uh, based on Polygon. So that's coming out as well. So uh, we're really looking forward to that. It's going to be super exciting.
1: I love that. You know, honestly, um, it's not about the next billion. It's like, again, next one, next two, next three gaming. Do you know Bryson? I know we're almost at the end of the show. Do you know Bryson? Throw names in here. A gamer here in Miami based Bryson. He, he does, does what here, Bryson? no, Not, no, no man, all in good. It, no. Hey, he's doing a lot of content. I'm seeing gaming is the next in the forefront. Glad you guys are bringing gaming to the next. It's it's the next thing. It's 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 what I feel people are going to be excited about. So it's, bring it's bring what I'm going. Kev. All right, all right. So as mentioned, we're almost at the end of a show, but before we wrap up, I did want to give our audience a takeaway, a little bit of some of our awesome discussion with Charles. So. Just to kind of recap a little bit, today's podcast, we painted a vivid picture of the metaverse. We talked about its potential and how innovators like the aforementioned Charles Stanton and companies like Forge are shaping its evolution. You know, really what we want, y'all, we want y'all to stay curious, stay open, be willing to embrace these new digital frontiers. These, man, I, did, you, did you guys just hear this conversation? Did you hear all that alpha that Carl's was dropping? New opportunities are coming, guys. We're moving to an interconnected world. That's it for today, y'all. Don't forget to stay tuned to our next episode. We'll continue to explore the intersection of technology, creativity, and innovation that intersects us as human beings. Thank you so much, Charles. Please, before we go, let them know where to find you on socials.
2: Yeah, of course. So you can follow me on at chas underscore Stanton. And of course, uh, follow Forge on at Forge Official uh, for all the alpha and all of our our various different brands and projects.
3: Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate you.
2: Thanks, guys. Everybody at
1: home, take care have a wonderful day stay curious my friends and thank you for joining the podcast at the
3: be good to yourself and be better to others take care everybody
1: wisdom is forever but for us it's time to go thank you for joining us luckily we'll be back with our next
0: episode soon jam-packed with more incredible humans thank you for listening subscribing
1: and sharing To join the conversation, search The PauseCast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com.